Right here we are. Y'all know what time it is. It's your favorite day of the week, your favorite time of the week. Another episode of the Osa and Abe podcast show situation. Yeah. Your guy, Mr. 50% himself. And of course, your other guy, the other 50% with the fresh cut, the fresh 100% cut, you know. Look at that. Look at that. You clean, clean. If you're listening to the audio, I'm sorry. You, you, I hope you can hear the crispy cleanliness. <laughs> it's clear that that fresh cut, just confidence. You know, when you, when you come out the barber and you just, you look outside and you look at the world and say, you know what? I'm ready for anything. I'm ready for anything. That's what we are. Listen, it's, Man. it's, it's a fresh sure. feeling. It's a fresh feeling. I myself am due for a little cleanup. Hence the, uh, well, it's part of the reason why, you know, I got the, the hat on today, the fila on today. <laughs> but that being said, Emmanuel, I can tell you don't have a fresh cut. We still love you, but you ain't got a fresh cut. It's okay. Uh, why I, you do them dirty like that? Uh, why, you, why you come at it like I, that? Hey, you know? I, it's, it's all good. I'm in the wolfing process. And, and, and today his name is not Emmanuel. It's Baba Funke. Oh, yeah, Baba Funke. We, 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 we are celebrating today. We are celebrating today. That's right. You know? That's right. And then. Of course, because, you know, when we celebrate, when I think about it and I'm, I'm thinking back to like celebration moments we've had on this show, we always got to have and come through with a special guest. And today, purely coincidental, by the way, purely coincidental, purely but coincidental. we made it make sense. OK, <laughs> we got my guy soon to be a friend, I think, to all of you, um, Cedric Dale. Horde, y'all like, well, you go by the middle too. Yes, he that official. Full name. Why? Because he needs to be known as such. Okay, y'all. Just a little bit about Cedric. Now, me and Cedric, we met a couple years ago um on the poetry scene. Um, shout out to P4CM and their rhetoric event. Me and Cedric were part of the open mic class of 2018. Stand up, sir. Great poets in that class, too, by the way. But Cedric, um, this is all all no gas on this at all, Cedric. You are definitely one of my favorite uh, poets out there. Um, appreciate what you do. But Cedric, just a little bit about him. Okay, first of all, what I love about this man is he is a believer and follower of Christ. Okay, that is from Amen. the jump. Apart from occupation and all the other things that he, all the other hats that he wears, although, you know, he, he got on the hair these days. There's no need for a hat. <laughs> but on top of the hats that he wears, it's first and foremost that priority of Christ in his life. He's a mental health therapist, which is going to play a big part in today's episode. If you are listening to this right now um, and we're listening to the replay or the audio, do yourself a favor, share this and shoot this out to somebody. We haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty, but I guarantee you someone is going to need to hear the stuff that's dropped today. Cedric, like I mentioned, also spoken word artist, and he's also a speaker. So if y'all want to book the guy, book him. I'm telling you. It's going to be worthwhile for you. Yeah. 
Now, in terms of just Seth's life vision, my man, visions a world where people have discovered their true and purposeful identity. And when you look at the world that we're in today, that is a spot on and timely vision to have. We talk about it often on this program that it's not just about, you know, being in the streets protesting with, you know, the current climate that we're in. It's not just about us worrying about who's going to be in the White House, but it's about you having um, a vision and and being active in your community and being the one to bring about the change. So, Cedric, you, you fall right in line. Well, we got popping over here, so we appreciate it. Um, and also by that vision, Cedric hopes that individuals are able to move from pain and to healing to utilize their God-given gifts because let's 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 keep it a buck. All that we have, I don't care how gifted you are. If you're an athlete out there, I don't care how athletically gifted you are. If you're a an, an artist or creative out there, I don't care how creative you are. All them things are good gifts from God. So with that being said, folks, we'd like to welcome Cedric to the program. How you doing, man? Man, man, thank you for the intro. I'm doing good. Uh, man, I'm so honored, so blessed to, to be a part um, and just chop it up with y'all about some real important stuff. So thank you guys for having me. Definitely. Now, as is our culture on this program, our habit and our custom, we like to ask some randoms, some random questions just to just to dive into some things and just to get to know the right. guests. Okay. Believe we asked you up top, who's your favorite comic book character? We asked you offline, who is your favorite comic book character, Cedric? It's got to be Black Panther. Wakanda yes. forever. Now, it was said in the group chat as we were discussing having you on as a guest, and you sent over a picture for promotional purposes. <laughs> One gentleman who will go unnamed said, hey, yo, he low-key looked like Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, man. Now, Cedric, do you get that often? Get that often. I get it often. See, I didn't peep it until it was yeah. said. And then I looked back at the picture and I was like, you know what? I see it. I definitely see it. I <laughs> get it often, man. Picture. So it was, it was <laughs> tough hearing about his passing, man. And yeah. cats hitting me up and saying, you look just like him. All this stuff. But uh, I get it all the time. Yeah. Who time. knows? You might, you might have to be the body double for him in the next film. Hey, you know? man. Who knows? Who knows? So I, I'm I'm betting my cakes on uh on me being able to be LeBron's body double when they make that uh LeBron James lifetime film. Okay. I'm I'm gonna what? Listen, <laughs> we, I'm gonna make it happen. Okay. Here's, here's the deal though. They got throwing an extra mill or two in order for me to push back when, the hairline. That's all I'm saying. When, you, <laughs> when did you become six seven? It ain't gotta be six seven. Did you see that first Michael Jordan film that they did? Dude didn't look nothing. Like, I'd look closer to LeBron. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, I got receipts as well. Okay, we make it happen. All right, I hit the weights. I hit the weights. Don't worry about. I hit the weights. Don't got it. Okay, listen. What? If we ain't gonna get sponsors, at least I'm gonna get chips to pull us up. All right, hey, don't don't you do this. Don't you shoot on my dreams. Okay, it's four one nine at its finest. Whoa, I don't know what 419 is, but I don't even know why you have those oh. three numbers back oh, to back to back like that. Oh, Anyhow, okay. I feel like oh, you had a question. What was your question, Abe? Oh, your yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, for the audience, you're in Milwaukee. You're w oh, in yeah. Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Yes. So you're a Bucks fan. Um, Why'd you just assume he's so, a Bucks fan? Why can't you let him state it proudly that he's a Bucks fan? Because it's the safe assumption. Look, 
Okay. I don't fair. know people who are from Milwaukee and aren't fans of teams out there, <laughs> or from Wisconsin and aren't fans of teams out there. To be honest, when I think Wisconsin, I only think of Milwaukee and sometimes randomly Marquette, you know, mm-hmm. is oh, Dwayne yeah. Wade or Jimmy yeah. is in Jimmy the discussion. Butler. Yep. So that being said, um, how do you feel about uh, Giannis going to Golden State? <laughs> or, or to Dallas. Or to Dallas. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Man, Giannis got some integrity, man. He he's gonna stay. He's gonna be loyal. He's gonna trust the the process, right? Uh, not like Embiid and them seventy six. Yeah, I was camps, about to say, but, how did uh, that work for Philly? But, uh, not like them. <laughs> not like them. But uh, he's staying. He is staying. Okay. We gonna, we gonna get Chris Paul or Oladipo uh, coming soon. I feel it. Listen, if him and Oladipo what? hook up, the Nigerian connection, boom. It'd be lit, but would that help getting Oladipo? I Chris Paul would help. I think I so. Think. Chris Paul, Chris would, Paul would definitely help. Oh, he for sure. But help. would Oladipo help? I think so. Because would you Another have him running the point? No, just, uh, I think he would. You know, be a, a step above Brogdon. Another playmaker could run point possibly. I think. I think it could definitely be a help. So I think Brogdon was the missing piece we had. Um. So yeah, man. I don't know. It could happen. Here's my here's my worry. Okay, y'all get a guard. Can Giannis dominate on the block mm-hmm. without having to be the primary ball handler? Okay, because if he can't, I'm here's my recommendation right now. You better call up the OG Nigerian in the league, Hakeem the Dream, and have yeah. him teach you the little yeah. dream shake and all that footwork. Because Giannis can knock that down, can get that down, Pat. Listen, he might, he might, he might win a third MVP in a row next season. I'm just, I agree. I'm just I agree. See, that's my thing. It's just I would like for Giannis just to increase his offensive arsenal. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that to. you need to become a three point shooter. Or you need to become like top five in shooting. It's just when you have a deep bag that you can turn to, it just makes it that much more hard for I people agree. to yeah. guard you. That's all I want Definitely. from Giannis. Definitely, definitely. I gotta ask this while we're still talking about the Bucks, Cedric. Yeah. Two seasons in a row, back to back, the Bucks have over overachieved to a degree in the regular season. How has it felt watching them flame out the way that they have in the postseason? Man, it's tough because as far as like the city and what you see, I guess beyond just the games, just seeing the city come together, um, it's always an amazing time. Um, cause if you know anything about Milwaukee, um, we are first in a lot of bad categories, uh, probably one of the most segregated cities, um, highly incarcerated city, um, in terms of black males. Um, it was, it was, uh, I guess some article or something a few years ago that Milwaukee being one of the worst place for black families. So just from like all that. And looking at what the Bucks' success in the regular season has done to the city, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, so as far as the playoffs, man, it hurts. It hurts. Every time I think we're going to do something, something happens. We forget how to play defense. I don't know what's going on. But as far as, I guess, the global kind of city perspective, man, it has been great to see just kind of what their success has done and I think bringing people together. 
that's a perspective I think a lot of people needed to hear. Um, for all of the the jokes that we we sling right. at Bucks fans, especially Bucks fans that we know, yeah. shout out to Jordan Alexander and such. Um, I don't think people really realize how much joy because Milwaukee. I mean, the Bucks are technically considered a small market team. Yeah. So the amount of joy that seeing your uh, your team have that m- amount of success and the amount of joy it brings to y'all as a city, I'm glad to to be able to hear that, especially in the times when we're living in where uh, you know there's. I think sometimes a, an embellishment when it comes to uh, what's going on, especially in the tension of the climate of our, our, our country right now. Um, sure. I think if you watch the news, people would have you believe that the streets of Milwaukee are on fire right now. Yeah. But we don't hear about the joy that the Bucks bring to the city. So I think that's dope. Um, I, if that's the case, Giannis, you should stay. Okay. Yeah. Make sure Milwaukee yeah, maintains that joy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's basically a god. In, in Milwaukee, but that leads me to ask you this question, mm-hmm. Dennis. So, um, you know, I spent some time in Ohio, and while I was out there, you learned that Cleveland and Cincy don't really get along. They they mm-hmm. don't view each other the same way. So when it comes to Wisconsin, you know, for a, I feel like for that state, football is king. So you have yeah. the Packers mm-hmm. and Green Bay. But what is the relationship between Green Bay and Milwaukee in that regards to just sports for Milwaukee, for people, residents of Milwaukee, do they prioritize their basketball more than their football or is it the other way around? No, uh, Packers definitely reign supreme. Uh, I think that's just because they, they got the success right and in, in the history of it and, and being a cheese head. Um, so definitely man, football is still the main kind of sport. I think, not only Wisconsin, but Milwaukee in, in general. Um, and I would say Brewers are pretty, pretty popular here as well, um, kind of on the baseball front. But, yeah, Packers reign supreme. I don't think anyone's going to take their throne. <laughs> are you a Packers fan? I am. I am a Packers fan. Okay. So are you also a Brewers fan? How do you feel about Man, I, I'm kind of eh, about baseball, uh, but I oh, okay, because I was about to say you and Osa aren't friends today. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> All right, I feel it. But uh, I, back to the NBA playoffs, though. Yeah, Bucks took that L, right, mm-hmm. and. One thing that we haven't necessarily heard about is Giannis's kind of mind state in regards to that. He's made some statements, hey, you know, like get in the lab, going to come back next year, do what we got to do. But out here on the West Coast, okay, a certain team from the West Coast, the little stepbrother team out here in L.A., the Clippers, (laughs) well chronicled, you know, from the top top of the season. They beat the Lakers opening night. They beat the Lakers again on Christmas. Everybody was talking about this is about to be – this is L.A.'s team, you know, the – Kawhi had his little commercial with New Balance. I'm a New Balance head, but he made me hate New Balances, okay? <laughs> he had his little New Balance commercial, King of L.A. with the little crown, keychain, all of that stuff. But what was well chronicled as well about the Clippers was a statement that Paul George made after the first round, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that Dallas series where he, I think it was what, was after at game four where he talked about I was just in a really dark place. And I watched people as he made that statement I watch people say, oh, he's just excusing away or trying to pull out an excuse out of thin air um, and using mental health as a cop out when in reality he probably isn't. There's probably not anything wrong with him. Now, given your your field of, of expertise and work, 
Um, what did you hear when you hear, heard Paul George say that? Yeah, um, I think I heard a human, and I think that's sometimes what we miss, right, in, in sports players. Um, we miss that they are humans. They have a human element just like any of us. Um, you know, I definitely heard kind of the backlash behind that. And I think it wasn't even necessarily backlash towards him, but I think for everything you mentioned about the Clippers, you know, Pat Beverly saying his stuff, the King of LA stuff with Kawhi. So I think it was so much, you know, behind the scenes context for why Paul George got backlash. And then you got the whole playoff P stuff. Um, but I, I don't think it's something to, to play around with and, and joke with. Um, at the end of the day, we truly don't know someone's mindset and what they are going through. And I think sometimes we can see NBA players, they make the money, they have the fame, the popularity, and we miss that they're human. You know, it's so easy to be like, well, all you got to do is dribble a basketball for a living, right? <laughs> um, and that somehow makes them immune from all other issues that come with life. But um, it, it definitely is a reality. So um, I think I, for me, I saw some of the comments before I heard Paul George's comments, uh, just talking about social media comments and stuff like that, people making fun of them. Um, but I think it is, it is a definitely a real reality that we shouldn't shy away from. Uh, I think we got to address it head on and, and talk about it for what it is. I um I found it interesting hearing Paul George's comments and and when he said that my mind instantly went to dang that that actually yeah. makes sense and when you you look at the context being away from from family yeah. being away from a girlfriend and, and and child for as long as you know he was in the bubble. And if you're someone who already, in terms of your mental health, we've talked about it uh, on this program several times in several episodes prior about how it's easy for us to talk about our physical health and we'll take that so seriously, but we don't take our mental health as seriously, even though it's it needs to needs maintenance. Uh, so if you're someone who is struggling in that area already, um, you throw in the pressures of a pandemic, of yeah, being away absolutely. from your family, the pressure to perform, all of that, I could get why he would be in a dark place. Um, but I found it interesting that he says that gets backlash. Someone like a Kevin Love hmm. comes out, I think it was a year or two ago, and made some statements about, you know, his struggles with mental health. And it would, man, like you were brave, you were courageous. Mm -hmm. uh, but there have been some severe stories, uh, especially from, from black athletes, whether it be in the NBA or the NFL, who've come out and said things about their mental health. For me, one of the most tragic that I read was uh, Ben Gordon. And if you haven't had an opportunity to Absolutely. read um, his story, he did an article in the Players Tribune, I think it was a year or two ago. It was it was rough to read, and I, I felt him at a certain level on some of the things he was talking about. My question is this, though, Cedric: Do you think that the backlash or the the eye that's kind of been turned um, to guys like uh, a Paul George or a Ben Gordon, or the the dismissive nature that people have taken their confessions in terms of their mental health challenges, that that is a reflection of the the lack of seriousness that we take mental health uh, concerns in the black community. Do you think it's a reflection of that? I think it is. You know, I, 
as we were talking, I was thinking just about the the toxic messages we we get in terms of masculinity, right? So you already have that, but then you add that to sports players, right? They're supposed to be tough. They're supposed to not have emotions and push through, right? So you already have that component, but definitely when you add um, the component of Black masculinity, I definitely think um, it has a big role to play in if we truly believe whether or not a black athlete has mental health illnesses or not. Um, you know, kind of for me um, and just kind of my work, um, I deal heavily with depression, anxiety and trauma. So if we even if we could even go back and look at some of these these athletes lives, Right. We just see them as the athlete, but we don't consider that they have a childhood that they had formative years, right, of many traumatic experiences that we know, even if for some of our favorite basketball, football, sports players in general, they have come from incredible hardship. Um, and we can't remove the traumatic experiences that they've endured that will definitely impact them, even with a whole lot of money and good contracts and MVPs and championships, that stuff is still there. Um, so, man, I definitely think the whole masculinity component and definitely stigmas within the Black community around mental health definitely influence our way of thinking about this. Well, another stigma that I would like to um, I would like to hear your thoughts on as a professional is because we're all uh, men of Christ here is mm -hmm. the church and mental yeah. health. You know, yeah. um, I know that varies within the black community as well and within other um, ethnic communities. But the overwhelming majority that I've come to experience is when it comes to mental health in the church, you know, just pray about it. Yeah, you know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. all you need to do. Just seek prayer. And to an extent, I don't disagree with that. But I also feel as if there are steps that you can take for sure, to address mental health. It's not just to toss it up and say, okay, all I need is prayer and then that's it. You know, I feel like sometimes it takes more than prayer and that it's not a bad thing to seek more than prayer. But at the same time, um, I also feel that you have to be careful when you approach therapy, you know, mm -hmm. because there are some people who are just there to give you a prescription. Yeah. There are some people yeah. who don't understand that your faith is a big component of your well-being and, and your mental uh, uh, approach. And so they come at it from a world and a materialistic view. So for you, how do you how do you do that? How do you approach that? And, and what are your viewpoints on that? Absolutely. That's a great, great question. So um, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to be working within a, a Christian faith based um, practice. So much of that is incorporated in, in the work that I do with clients. Um, I definitely, I definitely see that stigma right within the church. Um, is mental health really a thing? Is it just a matter of faith? Is it a lack of faith on on some people's part? Um, but I think um, I'll kind of explain it like this. So. Um, for the listeners, going to kind of educate you a little bit. So I would be what someone would consider a CBT therapist. 
CBT is just short for this longer, fancy word in the counseling world called cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Basically say that there's a connection between one's thoughts, one's emotions, and one's behaviors. So if you think of a triangle, right? Triangles have three points that are all connected with one another. You can't separate those, those points, right? They make up the full triangle. It is the same way with our thoughts, our emotions, and our behaviors. So many times in therapy, people will come for emotions, right? I'm anxious, depressed. I feel hopeless in life, right? Or they'll come with some behaviors that we may label, label as risky or unproductive behaviors. But rarely do we take a step back and really figure out the thoughts and the events that someone went through that led up to that behavior and that emotion. So when I look at CBT, you know, I parallel that with scripture in the Bible. I think it has um, extreme parallels. Uh, when the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, scripture in the Bible, John chapter 8, verse 44, says that Satan is the father of lies, right? So how does he attack? How do we believe lies at first has to get in our minds? What are the thoughts? What are the narratives that have traveled with us throughout life? Using that example of what I was talking about earlier with traumatic experiences, right? Some people can come out of those experiences really having this element of shame, believing that they are just not good enough, that they are not enough in general, not pretty enough, not good enough, man enough, strong enough. Those things can travel with you throughout the course of your life. Um, I had one particular client. Of course, I'm not going to give any names or anything, but just kind of give his situation um, came into therapy um, after an infidelity, uh, marital issues, and that was kind of the last straw, right? Uh, marriage was in, in turmoil, risk of losing his wife, so now come to therapy. Uh, but as I begin to work with him and as we begin to kind of unpack and explore just some of his childhood, this narrative of not being enough just constantly travel with him throughout his life. So whenever he would deal with that, he was introduced to you know, sexuality, pornography at a young age. So that was his kind of way of coping. That was his way of dealing with some of those emotional things whenever he didn't feel mad enough. Fast forward to his life, lost his job, um, was making about six figures, coming down, not having a job, it hit that part of him that said, he's not man enough. I'm not good enough. Can't provide for my family, can't provide for my wife. So as we can kind of see or make those connections, if sexuality was one of the big things that he used to cope, then unfortunately he will go to, to other women, uh, go to uh, women outside the marriage to make him feel this part of himself that he's always been missing or always feeling like he just hasn't had for the course of his life, right? So going back, I know that was kind of a long example, but going back to kind of the, the biblical perspective, right, of how the enemy will attack 
by us believing things. Sometimes the enemy will just plant seeds in our life and he'll just step back and watch us make decisions just based on that seed. So that seed for him was, I'm not good enough. I'm not man enough. So it wasn't until he was really able to unpack some of that stuff and really address that full on where he was able to make some change in in his life. And it wasn't me having a, a special wand or doing some crazy stuff, right? It was just listening to his story and allowing him to um, fully become aware of the reality of his story and realizing that his story doesn't have to be the entirety of his life. But this is your story. This is how it explains you. Um, but we can move beyond that. You can move from this narrative that says you're not good enough, you're not man enough. And really giving him the tools to be able to challenge those thought patterns is is definitely key. So um, what is the evidence behind this thought? That's a lot of what you know I'll do with clients. Is there really evidence behind the things that you believe? And many times when you go through those things with clients, they start to realize, you know, there's not a lot of evidence. There is not clear cut evidence that would suggest that I'm not enough. Um, So it's definitely just walking through life with people as simple as it sounds. My job as a therapist is to simply help people connect the dots in their life. Um, and yeah, that's that's really what I'm blessed and, and honored to do, man. Just just walking in life with people. I love that. I, love I just love what you just said. Um, I feel like people. Well, it it leads me to ask you another question, but I feel like it's what you address is just destroying a misconception yeah. that people have when it comes to um, mental health again and in the church. And especially when it comes to how you look upon yourself, you know, as you said, what is the evidence for you to have these beliefs, these negative thoughts about yourself? And then when you really look back at it, you know, sometimes it's hard to do it individually. You do need someone like a professional, like for example, yourself to help them actually take a step back and look at, all right, what evidence is there for why I feel this way? And then when you realize that there's no evidence, it's like, oh, okay. So it, it's it's all all in my head. And, you know, how do I move forward? Yeah. So it leads me to ask you this next question. What are some common um, misconceptions that, that you face from people who suffer from mental health, but also yeah. people who are on the outside looking in who, you know, maybe like relatives or family friends who aren't experiencing it in the, personally? but they're viewing it. Cause I feel like there are many misconceptions uh, surrounding both uh, individuals. Yeah, the, the big one that I hear is that therapy is for only people who struggle with uh, big mental illnesses. So depression, anxiety, trauma, um, other diagnosable DSM-5 uh, disorders. Um, and that's simply not true. You don't have to have a quote unquote uh, diagnosable disorder to benefit from therapy. Um, I've had clients who just have kind of simple, as we would maybe define it, just life transitions and just wanting someone to guide and someone be able to talk to. Um, Other misconception 
that I, that I hear a lot is that, especially for those who do have a diagnosis or who do have medication, that that diagnosis somehow defines them for the rest of their life. And I always say your diagnosis explains you, but it never defines you, right? It explains why you maybe do the things that you do or why you feel the way you feel. But from an identity perspective and who you are, that does not define you. That is not the totality of who you are. You are so much more than your symptoms, right? So those are some of the the, the big two. Um, some other ones that I think we, we kind of touched on already, um, misconceptions that therapy is only for women, right? Um, definitely within the Black community. Um, some of the misconceptions with that. But I think the main two that I really hear is that my diagnosis defines me um, and that I have to have some big mental illness in order to benefit from therapy. Yo, Cedric, low key, high key, just hit y'all. First of all, <laughs> the triangle offense that was a bar. of mental health. <laughs> that was a bar. The triangle offense, you know. Yeah, I like that. Behaviors. All that. Yeah, that's that's dope, man. Second of yeah. all, that was high key a bar, you know. It oh, explains, oh, but it man. doesn't define. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite line. That was my favorite line of the day. Hey, oh, that Abe made that line. stink face. He gave you that. Oh man. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> now y'all see why he why he awards Smith. Now you see. <laughs> now you see. I got two quick two, two two questions and then we we will move on. First of all, is this September is Suicide Awareness Prevention Month. Yeah. If you had a if you had to to give a message to anyone out there who's listening, because we know that suicide awareness prevention is something bigger than just a month, right? Uh, when you look at the numbers, uh, it is one of the uh, the f- top killers of, you know, teens and, and males, especially young males. Um, if you had a message out there for anyone listening in regards to who may be struggling with that, what would it be? Yeah, man. Um, that's a great question. Um, an important question. Um, a few things that I would say, um, kind of in my experiences, and this is not for everybody, Um, but in many of my experiences, a lot of people want to get away from the pain that they're feeling, not necessarily meaning they want to just solely take their life, but sometimes they think that is the only option to get away from the pain that they're feeling. Um, the, the words of advice or encouragement or hope that I could give anyone is please do not make a permanent decision um, due to temporary circumstances. That's not to invalidate your circumstances or say that they're not real or valid, but that is to say your circumstances can be dealt with. Um, And sometimes I get it when it's hard, when it's difficult, we just want to get away from the pain. And some people may have felt like they've tried everything and they just can't get away from it. So the only option is suicide. Um, But do not make a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling. Those feelings, those circumstances, those can be dealt with. 
um, in number of ways. Doesn't just have to be talk therapy, which is kind of my forte in my profession. Um, but there are a number of ways where you can seek help, where there's always someone that wants to listen, that wants to to be a guide in your life. Um, so if anyone is struggling with some of those thoughts or even has a plan, um, just know that there are resources that you can go to. There are hotlines that you can call and reach out to. Um, just know that you're never alone. But please know, please remember not to make a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling or a temporary circumstance. Man, thank you for that. We will I have one oh. quick question for you. Yeah, go if you don't mind. Yeah. Now, I was going to ask you, um, does because I, uh, I know you do kind of like assessments with people in terms of like where there are, you know, whatever situation mm -hmm. with depression, things like that. My question is, is that do uh, it's like any type of the, any like time of the year where you might have more, you might deal with more clients compared to anywhere else. Like you'd be the winter time during the yeah. holidays or it could be like in the summer, you know, just like, 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 like what's like the whole pattern, like when you pick up on more clients or it's just pretty steady. Man, great question. Uh, so definitely during holidays and me from Wisconsin, definitely when it's colder. Um, those two things kind of coupled together, you will kind of see an increase. Um, and then for me, I do work with uh, a lot of adolescents. So definitely right when the school year is kind of getting started, you're kind of getting a groove, October, November, December. That's definitely when I, I notice kind of an increase. Um, but summer months when it's warmer, people are more active, they're more engaged and connected. I definitely see a drop. But definitely holidays, whether you're thinking about loved ones, um, maybe certain traumas that happen around holidays, or definitely the cold winter seasons where you leave home, it's dark, you get back home, it's still dark, <laughs> you just have no sunlight. Man, definitely. Um, so definitely winter time and, and holidays is definitely a, a big peak, I would say. I want to piggyback oh, on that question real quick. Have you seen an increase? Have you seen an increase over the past six months that we've been in this whole pandemic corn COVIDcation space? Man, that's that's also a good question. So I'll kind of explain. So when especially in Wisconsin, when we first had that the the stay-at-home order, right? Everybody was canceling, uh, which is understandable. Uh, just being safe. So there was like a quick drop for like a week, um, but then we transitioned to like telehealth, which is basically just video sessions, um, counseling. So um, I would definitely say, though, as things have started to open back up a little bit, it's definitely been an increase. Um, COVID has... Um, open the door for a lot of things that I've seen, not just COVID in and of itself, but we have kids who are around family more, who don't have an opportunity to maybe escape from school. That is an issue that now is brought into session that I see, or we have couples who are around each other more, and maybe they had some issues that were already kind of underneath the surface, but being around each other more just kind of blew that up. 
So I'm definitely seeing that. Um, of course, you have the the financial things, the uncertainty, the anxiety. So, man, it's, it's definitely been a mixed bag of different things just due to this whole COVID era. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that's a great question. But it's definitely been a mixed bag of stuff. So this is a very last question I have before we move on is you mentioned earlier that you work um, a lot with the youth. Yeah. So you also mentioned earlier that a common misconception is that people believe you need to have some serious mental illness in order to seek therapy, in order yeah. to seek counseling. So then my question is, what are the common themes that you see among the youth when they come to you for help? Mm, yes, common themes. Um, definitely that whole I was going to say anxiety, but uh, identity, um, self-esteem, who am I? Um, am I defined by what my peers say about me, what social media says about me? Just trying to fit in and figure themselves out. So definitely that identity piece, that self-esteem, um, that is one big thing that I see um, across the board, not just males or females. Um I would say for adolescent boys, um, many times when they are depressed, that will come out in the form of them being irritable or angry. So a lot of anger issues, a lot of behavioral issues, but underneath that is really an element of depression. Either I don't feel good about myself, I'm struggling with kind of just the philosophical purpose in my life, things like that. Um, or I just don't feel good about myself. So I think that would be one difference that I see between adolescent boys and adolescent girls is with some of the depressive or anxiety symptoms, it looks a little bit differently depending on gender. Simply because I think kind of what we were talking about earlier, some of those masculine messages and quote unquote norms we hear many times when the young boys, they feel down and they feel sad. They try to mask that through the, through anger, through irritability, when it's really an element of sadness. Um, but definitely kind of that self-esteem stuff, I think, across the board is, is a big thing that I see. Listen, y'all. Cedric just gave us some free therapy. Um, I know that's actually <laughs> you're welcome for this. The name of that's your most recent plug. album. Yeah, yeah I try, listen, I got yeah. you. I got <laughs> you. Y'all definitely check out that album, Free Therapy. Um, it's 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 dope stuff. If you like what you heard from him just now, definitely check that out. Um, also, definitely look into if you're listening right now, definitely look into some sort of therapy. Honestly, just like I mentioned earlier, we take care of our physical health. You go in for a yearly physical. I hope you do. Um, do the same when it comes to, to your mental health. You may think I have nothing wrong, but prevention is always better than cure. Prevention, as a matter of fact, is cheaper than cure. So it's better to go in and get some preventative help at health and maintenance. I'll keep it a buck. I'm sitting through therapy right now. OK, I just had a session a couple days ago. Mess me all the way up. <laughs> She was picking me apart. And I was like, oh, oh, but I needed it. I needed it. So, folks, definitely get, get some help. Last, this is my absolute last, Cedric. I got to ask this. Looking at the sports landscape, because that's mm -hmm. how we kind of dove into this. If you were to 
I don't know, consult for maybe a, a sports team or a league, what would you advise or counsel them in the realm of mental health um, or some sort of program to put together for their organization and their players? Whew, man, it is, uh, I could go down a few lanes with this, but I'm going to try to keep it short and concise. Um, if I had, are, are you asking if I had to like choose a league or just like in general kind of sports world in general? Let's choose a league. Okay. Go ahead and choose a league. Okay. Um, well, I'll do NBA because uh, I'm a big, big basketball guy. Um, one thing I would talk about um, or address in that, I think going back to some of the, the trauma stuff and the childhood formative year stuff, right? When you think of childhood, I I consider that up to really like – 18. Some people even go further than that. But if you think about many of these basketball players, they're moving into the league at these ages, right? So they are still children. So when you talk about childhood formative year stuff, they are still in the midst of that. Um, so you, let's just say you have a child. I, I think of, um, if you know anything kind of about Lamar Odom's story, I was listening to a podcast um, just with him and his childhood is mad. It's laced with traumatic experiences, right? So you put someone like that who maybe hasn't had the opportunities or resources to deal with some of those things that he witnessed and experienced. And you put him in the NBA where it is these pressures to perform, not only for the team, but you have people talking about you right then you add in the element of substance abuse which many times people use to kind of escape right to numb you add all of those elements and we can see how uh, a lot of destruction um, can happen so i think if if i was in the position um, definitely providing resources where we fully address the some of those traumatic experiences um, and I'll say this quickly, um, when we talk about trauma, we can really get caught up in the events that might be traumatic, but trauma is really how your body reacts to certain events in your life. So what do I mean by that? If you have high anxiety, that, li that literally traumatic experiences will literally reorient your brain and your body to respond to anxiety at high levels, to to respond to traumatic situations at high levels. Some people say it's like an alarm constantly going off in your head, right? So that is very much a thing that needs to be addressed. Players need to learn how to be able to calm that without maybe substance abuse, right? Or, or going to other things. How can you use your body, which you're already doing um, within your field or within your sport? How can you use that to now calm those certain parts of your body that are firing off, right? How can we engage in your nervous system and your body to be able to help alleviate maybe some of those symptoms that we sometimes push down or sometimes feel like you don't want to talk about? But I think overall, that would be the big thing for me, addressing some of that that childhood stuff that we all have and, and dealing with the traumatic aftermath of some of that stuff. 
Listen, you know, do yourself a favor. I don't know what team, what league is out there listening. Y'all <laughs> go ahead and hire Cedric. Go ahead and hire him as a special consultant. Listen, they're already out there, you know, taking turning up a notch in regards yeah. to player health. You know, a, a lot of the the protocols and, and metrics that they're throwing in now. Hey man, might as well hire you. Go ahead and help out with some mental health stuff. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I've heard it said like this though the, in regards to trauma Absolutely. that the body keeps yeah. score. So. While you guys are out there, you know, keeping score on some of these games, know that your body keeps score on some of the trauma going on. Speaking of the NBA, though, okay? NBA Finals starts tonight. Lakers heat. Now, I'll keep it a buck, y'all. I actually wanted the Lakers to play Celtics because I felt mm-hmm. that that was a, a easier matchup mm-hmm. for the Lakers. But here we are with the heat with Jimmy. Relax, with Jimmy. Relax, hey, relax. Oh, calm oh, down. Relax. It's okay. It's okay. Relax. It's okay. Relax. No, you see, you see how earlier you said he was going to glow? <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. I'm not glowing. There's certain Nigerian people you don't trust. I, He's one of them. I'm tr- I am trustworthy. Look at him. <laughs> but here we are. Jimmy and them boys from South Beach. I've said it before. I really believe this team is what Jimmy was hoping the Timberwolves would have been. But here we are, them boys, the Heat, bunch of hungry young pups with Jimmy leading the charge. Shout out to, you know, think about this. Kendrick Nunn was a candidate for, what was it, rookie of the year at one point. Mm -hmm. And his man, because of matchup situations, ain't seen a lick of tick. Against the the Celtics, and here they are in the finals. Okay, Bam Adebayo doing what he's doing. I think we said it earlier in the year. I, we did Nigel's say it earlier in the year. Nigel's very own. Not only that, but <laughs> Newark, own. New Jersey's very own. Shout, Shout out, out to, to the Jersey. guy from the nine seven three. He's doing it. I'm proud of that boy. That being Listen. said, I have no dog in the fight. Oh, but we said it. We did say it though earlier this year. We said. I don't remember where it is, but we find the receipts. We said the Heat are, are going to be a problem, and we clued in bomb, bomb as part of a reason. Part of the My reason expectation why. was next season. You know, I felt like yeah. they you wouldn't quite yeah. get there as a team yet until next year. But then, you know, COVID happened, the bubble, and it's definitely given them an opportunity. And regardless of what the outcome of the finals is, the Heat have definitely overachieved, and it looks great for them next season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Duncan Robinson, okay, my man out there, looking like young, uh, young Kyle Korver. Um, yeah. Tyler Hero, Wisconsin. Taekwon. We have now dubbed him Taekwon. Okay, <laughs> Taekwon Hero. Okay, <laughs> right. out here balling. Okay, shout out. All right, to, you to know what? Low key, oh, it, because you mentioned Tyler Hero, and I feel like you're about to go into this, but I had to ask this question, Cedric: Is just how valuable is is uh not only just brotherhood? Because I don't want to make it sound like this only applies to to men, but mm-hmm. just that companionship, that support, that friendship, because. You know, throughout this whole thing, honestly, throughout the whole season, even before COVID, that Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrow dynamic has always yeah. been very visible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, the same thing with just Jimmy and Tyler, Jimmy and Bam, Jimmy and Drogic, too. Apparently, they're, they're like close buds. And, you know, whenever Drogic does well, Jimmy has a whole slogan for him that he yells. Yeah. But then recently... <laughs> 
after um, Hero torched us for 37, Jimmy came in the next day with his high school jersey. Again, that's not something yeah. that you can right. you just randomly find. You have that because you've always believed in him and, and you've always been a fan and a supportive of such a person. So, you know, from your perspective as, as a professional, just how valuable is friendship and companionship when it comes to individuals? Man, it is so valuable. And I, I think we're seeing it with with the heat, right? Um, I was definitely shocked. I knew they was going to give the Bucks a hard time, but they almost dang near swept us. Like, man. Um, but I definitely agree <laughs> that um, that connection, right, that, that camaraderie is definitely huge. It will literally bring out the best in you. It will push you beyond what you think you can go to. And I think we're, we're seeing it with this team. Um, so I know I said I still got L.A., unfortunately. I'm not a huge LeBron fan um, by any means. I, I still think they're going to win, but it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for the Lakers. Thank you for saying what we all knew is the truth. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. I hate it. it it's okay. It's a, Listen. When Giannis comes to the West Coast and you move out here as well, you will be able to bask in the glow of what is the best coast. Man. On a side note, though, with Tyler Hero and his relationship to – I'm sorry, Tyquan Hero and his relationship to yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is actually really tight with Tyquan's little brother. I mean, oh, to the wow. point where he's he's like his second big brother. I mean, yeah. shouts him out I on Instagram, that. all of that. Like, Jimmy Butler shouts him out. And wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's legit. Look it up. It's, it's, it's good stuff to see. So we've established we now that the that. Lakers, that the Lakers are going to, you know, win this. Um, LeBron says something interesting. I think it was in a press conference yesterday. Uh, they asked him about the finals and playing the heat and all of that. And he says something that I hadn't thought about. And you, you alluded to it actually, Cedric, in the previous segment, mm -hmm. LeBron was 25 when he signed to the, to the heat, when he made the, the, the decision. Now, mm -hmm. I think about myself at 25. 25 was when I just started turning the corner. Prior to that, yeah. I was I was acting a plum fool. So think about it. LeBron came into the league at 18, makes right. this decision at 25. I, listen, I am by no stretch of the imagination a LeBron fan. LeBron being on the Lakers is, and I've said it here before, it's like your little sister ends up marrying the bully that you had in high school that you couldn't stand. Like he's a part of the family. Now you got to yeah. deal with it. Okay. Le the way put LeBron, it. <laughs> he had the decision and I was like, dude, you're, you, I've never been a fan of LeBron really on the court. There's some stuff in terms of his game that bothers mm -hmm. me. And then he had the decision. And I was like, I'm not really a fan of you off the court right now. Come on, man, mm -hmm. get it together. But think about a 25 year old who's grown up in the public eye, ESPN, yeah. Uh, Nike, they anointed you King James before you ever got out of high school. Yeah. Like that's that's got to be traumatic. At some point, Cedric, I hope you can sit across from LeBron in the chair and help him talk through some things because that's yeah. a lot there to cope with. But now he's playing against his former team yeah. in the finals. Now I know they don't look anything like the team that he played against outside of Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, but he, it's a great storyline. You love yeah. to see it. Um, the Lakers winning, you know, of course, will be a great tribute to. Kobe and 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 Gianna, R.I.P. I see you got the 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 sweatshirt on right now, Cedric. Yeah. So it'll be the storybook book ending that not only the Lakers need, but I think we need. It's not just sports world, probably a country right now. We need a lot of hope, and I think that'll be a 
a, a beautiful story to see and to experience. So NBA Finals, that's going to be a wrap. Uh, game 7 at the latest, October 12th. So we are essentially two weeks away from everything wrapping up. So my question for y'all is this. Potentially, league won't start again until they're saying December. Adam Silver wants to push it to like Christmas or later. What is one move that you guys are looking to see in the offseason? NBA. Celtics. You know what? I I've always been on the board of the Celtics need a, a star big. But the way this postseason ran and um in culmination with the season, I, I understand it's unique. I can't say that a big man was our biggest issue. I mean, you know, against the Heat, we had various double-digit leads, and we lost mm-hmm. those games, you know? Like, we easily could have been – we easily could have won that series 4-1, to be honest, against the Heat. And a big is not the reason why we choked like that, you know? It's more of, in my opinion, more mental, you know, more mm-hmm. more on, on the shoulders of, of the guys in the locker room. So – my thing is just I want to see uh, continued growth. You know, will I be opposed if they bring in a big man like uh, Steven Adams, maybe an Andre Drummond? Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of that. I won't be opposed, but I <laughs> feel like it's more of a – because you got to keep in mind, our core, our stars, Jalen Brown is 23. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum is 22. Celtics have been to the ECF three out of the last four years. Like, we are a young squad. There's a lot of room to grow. So, you know, I just want to continue seeing that. That's those test positive steps being taken forward. Man, for me, uh, thinking of the Bucks, man, we need a, we need another guard. Chris Paul to the Bucks, I think, would definitely be helpful, man. Facilitator, a veteran, right, in the locker room. I love to see that. Or uh, Oladipo, uh, a playmaker, someone that could definitely help as well. Uh, just another option because uh, Middleton be tripping sometimes, man. So we uh, <laughs> we need we need someone else, kind of that that third person. Uh, but yeah, I think if the Bucks can get one of those guards, uh, I used to be a big Bledsoe fan, but he'd be tripping too. So. I think we just I think we just need a new a new look, a new approach to kind of guard positions. What I like about the players you mentioned is they all have capability to be a closer. And yeah. that's what the Bucks definitely need is a closer. So those are good picks. Good picks. Emmanuel, what you got? Um, I feel like this hasn't been talked about enough is the NBA draft. And here's the reason why. No March Madness, so therefore it's limited tape on the prospects. Now they have to dig up more tape on these players, especially for international players as well. So I feel like this draft is really critical in terms of how you build the team for the next couple of years and how the way the NBA is being structured. I feel like that's not been as much as a factor as what people realize, if you guys get what I'm saying, in terms with that. Um, uh, we have we already have an idea who the top three guys are, and I'm very curious to see uh, what Golden State's going to do because Golden State right now 
have options. They're they're kind of in the same situation where the Lakers was last year when the Celtics lost their draft uh, equity to try to acquire AD, and the Lakers end up having the upper hand and the value to get AD. So I think Golden State's a team to watch. I uh, um, I talked about that on my NBA Finals podcast, which I will upload it later on today. Uh, we talked about different scenarios. Uh, I think Philly would be a great option for Embiid to go to Golden State. Uh, my personal opinion, and then and then Philly uh, getting Weinstein, drafting, getting him number two. I think that's. A, I think Philly should definitely consider it because I think they need a big man to play close with Ben Simmons to go up and down the floor with. I think they need to build around, build around Simmons, get quicker and younger. I think uh, to me, DeAntoni, I can see him coaching the Sixers. I, it's to me, it's either the two best fits is either New Orleans for DeAntoni or 76ers. That's my personal opinion. So I'm very curious with the NBA draft, some of the offseason moves, and I don't believe we're going to have too much um, big signings. I think you're going to see role players being overpaid. 2016 all over see. again. Yeah, exactly. when you're going to see that. Diombo got cashed and out. That's Isn't when that Timofey Mozgov got cashed out. I was sick to my stomach. Yeah, so – that's where I'm looking. I'm looking at the draft, how people are going to position themselves, especially with Golden State, have a number two pick. They have so many options of where they could go with it as well. Obviously, they, you know, there were talks about, you know, but Giannis going to Golden State. But I don't know. I, I personally believe it's not going to happen. Giannis is going to play at least one more season with Milwaukee. We'll see what happens from there. I am downright scared about what the, the Golden State Warriors can do. Let's be right. since yeah. Since the Warriors – started their run okay and i had a friend who's from the bay who called it too this was back in like 2012 he was like listen man i'm just gonna tell you i said i'm saying this because i am a warrior fan. i'm saying this just i'm gonna speak this i'm gonna speak this now you need to hear this warriors in a couple of years are gonna be that team and they're gonna yeah. be running it for a minute and i was like get out of here dude you 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 tripping you still you still on the sauce that, that the warriors were on after uh they took down what was that the the jazz the mavericks and, and round one that we believe team right show enough here we are with the warriors running stuff um and the warriors no matter when they've lost during this run over the past six seasons six years they've always still been winning they lose to, to to the the Cavs in the finals. They end up with KD. They end up having a worst record in the league this season. And where do we find them? Number two draft pick. Steph and Clay are going to be healthy next season. They got pieces and, 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 and assets to be able to trade and move around. I am downright scared of what the Warriors are going to cook up. Shout out to Bob Myers. Great GM. But Emmanuel, since you had the last comment, I think it's only fitting that we slide into your rumor mill. What's poppin'? Who you a Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top 10. So Cedric, just real quick, the rumor mill is where Emmanuel, he hits us with the rumors across the sports world. Um, maybe some of his hot takes. I tend to think that they're sensible takes for the most part. He's a sensible man. Thank goodness. Um, but if there's anything you hear him say, oh, and also, you know, uh, what do you call it? 
uh, money lines and stuff for uh, betting lines. But if there's anything that you hear him say that you think is just outlandish, because he has those from time to time, feel free to call him out on it. Because he doesn't right. really put his you. place from time to time. I'm just saying. I got you. <laughs> okay. Um, now we'll start, we'll start with the NBA rumors. The Phoenix Suns will pursue uh, Nets sharpshooter Joe Harris. And I and I, I made a point about this earlier on where I, I think you're going to start seeing him possibly being overpaid uh, out there in the market. I'm not saying he's going to Phoenix. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. He, it'd be wild to leave a great situation in Brooklyn. Oh, my Why goodness. go to the Suns when it'd you got Mr. Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash is your coach? That part. And a healthy Kyrie and KD. And Levert, oh Joe, if you do it though, oh my goodness, Brooklyn's gonna come for your head. Okay, now we have a, this like a, a series of rumors for NBA. The Sixers believe if they sign Dan Tony to become the head coach, that he will help lower James Harden in, in Philly. I'm not buying that. <laughs> Another one. Uh, the Mavs do have have interest in Montrez Harrell. Also, Toronto uh, supposedly they're the favorites to get Montrez Harrell. Um, the Embiid has gave has gave, has gave the uh, the Sixers front office to uh, basically to sign D'Antoni if if they agree to terms or whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm not feeling it because his D'Antoni system doesn't really favor big man. And if I was him, I'll just leave. If I'm, I'll just demand the trade if D'Antoni is the coach. Um, also, uh, oh yeah, Mike Malone was complaining about the whole, uh, you know, officiating. I'm gonna talk with the officials and stuff like that. And Tyler Hero, uh, I believe he has one of the highest selling jerseys in the league. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, uh, and everything. Uh, I wish I could show this new Raptors. Uh, one of the jerseys got leaked out. Uh, no, by Jordan. One of the Raptors uh, jerseys got leaked. Yeah, yeah, for next season, one of them got leaked out. But oh wow, yeah, it got leaked out. Is it uh, fire? Yeah, I think it's pretty dope. It kind of it kind of reminds me of the Jordan twelves, the red and white some mm. type of colorway. It's pretty dope, by the way. Uh, I gotta figure out a way how to <laughs> share it with you guys. All right, now the, for Pelican news, Lonzo Ball said he's been improving on his jump shot, which he needs to <laughs> in order in order for himself to stay in the league. Uh, obviously, boy, but, I hope you was doing that. <laughs> right, I don't know right. What else you could be doing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, I don't understand this. Somebody, some insider said that the Lakers could trade for Gordon Hayward. That's very unlikely. I don't, that's no. And there also there was a rumor about, I think this is a slight possibility, but I don't think this could happen. They mentioned Gordon Hayward for Victor Oladipo on, on doing a sign-in trade. Right, right. Um, I don't see it happening. I feel like the Boston they don't need Oladipo. You have Brown, you have Tatum. I think, um, but again, if he if Gordon is not going, our issue, it's right it's a lot, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like we need. Right. To, I mean, I look scoring off the bench has been an issue for several years, and having a consistent big man who can both play defensively and offensively have been an issue. Adding another guard or wing just makes little sense. I, Even I, if we're I, placing them, it makes little sense to me. 100% agree with you in terms of that. 
Now, there's been mixed reports with Minnesota. Um, now, earlier, about a month ago, a lot, a lot of people believed that Anthony Edwards would be drafted number one. Now, just recently, a couple of days ago, that Minnesota is entertaining the idea of drafting LaMelo Ball number one. So there's been a, pre, a pretty much change of events. And then also there's another report that Golden State will not draft LaMelo Ball if he falls in two. So uh, that, that's, 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 that's pretty interesting. Obviously, the number two pick could be – the Warriors could trade it, which is a possibility. And for a team to probably sneak up if they want to get LaMelo – and but I, I think another wild card pick that a lot of people are not talking about is the number four pick with the Bulls. Um, that, could, that could shape up the rest of the draft. I think they're not getting. Uh, I feel like that could be an impact as well. That two and four pick could could go. Uh, Charlotte's at a perfect position because they could basically take the best player available. And Lamelo, it's a possibility Lamelo could fall to three. It's a possibility he can go to Charlotte. I think that would make sense because Rogier. I mean, I mean he's a good player, but he's not. A franchise starting point guard. Let's just be real. No, Terry Who? Rozier. Who? <laughs> Look, I'm gonna just be honest. Aside from basically Rondo and maybe Crowder, everybody who's left the Celtics have not gotten better. You know, scary Terry has not been scary at all. Um. We know about IT, unfortunately. Uh, Kyrie's been hurt. Uh, Rondo, he was bouncing around, but he's finally found himself. Jay Crowder all of a sudden became Steph Curry in the bubble. <laughs> I'm just saying, once you leave Boston, you know, you might as well stay. You might as well stay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. You know Deion Waiters will get a ring no matter what happens in the finals. Yep. That's not true. That's not true. It is up to the Heat whether they give him a ring if they were to win. That's true. Yeah, exactly. They can be say the no. good guys, just like the Warriors <laughs> did with Anderson Verjao. Because remember that season right. they played? Yeah. I think it was was that 2015. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. just be nice. Give Dion his give Dion the ring. Give yeah. Chief the ring. And he and he went for that whole the the Basically, the down years were the Heat post LeBron era. Let's just let's just keep it one hundred. Like he went through the whole uh, the whole era where the Heat was just down, and they're just getting a whole bunch of draft picks and things like that. Uh, Jeremy Grant is expected to opt out and uh, out of his player option uh, to explore free agency, which that makes that makes sense. I believe he, but not only that, because uh, what's his uh, Will Barton? I believe he suffered an uh, early season injury, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the year. Which gave more playing time for Jeremy Grant, and also, also Gary Harris. You know, Gary Harris Jr. He was out for a significant amount of time. He just came back with like um, in a bubble um, as well. I think the second or the, um, I think it was against the Clippers, like the last couple of games, if not mistaken, uh, in that yeah. series. So he he started to come back in the middle of the, of the playoff run. So I mean, this makes sense because the uh, the Nuggets they have too many guys. Like like because I think he's seen Michael Porter Jr. is going to be you know. Mike could take that next leap for the Nuggets and Bobo <laughs> as well with the Nuggets. So the Nuggets have a, uh, they have a they have a, a bright future. It just depends on um, if they keep that core or not. Uh, correction, uh, correction. Gary Harris came back during the Jazz series. I just okay. thought about it. He came back during okay. the Jazz series, and that was that was what helped tighten up that series as well. Because 
you got him able to play D on on Donovan Mitchell takes that burden off of Jamal Murray. Continue. Yeah. Um, I I know I don't know all of you guys know this just happened just less than twenty four hours ago. Uh, Bradley Beal is buying a new house in LA now. <laughs> you know, usually when this happens, you're you, 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 you're gonna hear Laker fans. Oh, he's coming to LA. You know, yeah. he's going to the Lakers. Um, <laughs> the, the reality is a lot of ball players they look for houses in LA, which the, the, the train or just to get away from you know whatever environment that they're in. Because you know a lot of ball players they, they play out here in the off season, UCLA or what you know whatever uh, gym that's a, that's available. You know where they play at. So I'm not taking this taking this with a grain of salt. I don't see. I mean, the Lakers. I think they're going to figure. They're trying to. They'll probably have him on his trade radar with the Lakers in the front office, but will it happen? You know, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> now let's go into um, the NFL. Juju Smith-Schuster, I believe he was on a podcast. I believe it was called All Things Covered. And he mentioned about Sam Darnold, like he wants him to be a stealer. Now, uh, yeah, I know, I know. And basically how the way the, the people were structuring the question was basically like, okay, would you want him to be a successor after Ben? I mean, it's a possibility because the Jets are they're winless. So Jets could be taken for Lawrence. <laughs> so if the Jets end up getting the number one pick, might will trade Sam Donald to Pittsburgh and drive Trevor Lawrence. So they could be the good. Jets tanked. The Jets decided to fair. tank the day that they hired Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know what, Sam Darnold to backing up because it's not definitely not Mason Rudolph. I mean, let's be real; he's not the answer for Big Ben. So doing Sam would make sense. He has a better team than he has in New York by far on both sides of the ball. I can see it because Jets. I mean, Jets are likely going to get that number one pick. It's either going to be the Jets or the Broncos. Let's be real. So they need a QB bad. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh if uh, Trevor Lawrence gets drafted by the Broncos. I know Irving gonna be mad. <laughs> I just had to say. Uh, oh, obviously, uh, another news for NFL. Uh, NFL's postponing the Sunday's game between the Steelers and the Titans due to uh, it was eight COVID cases, if I'm not mistaken, from the Titans. Now they're they're talking about moving it to Monday or Tuesday. Now, me personally, I say Monday. Make it uh, make it like a like four p.m. Eastern or you know like one o'clock game in the afternoon on a Monday. I think that makes the most sense. And then you know make it the you know whatever was originally scheduled as a primetime game. Use that as the five you know five o'clock or five fifteen game. Uh, but if they do to me, if if they decide to do the game on Tuesday, I feel like you should have it early in the morning, not at night, because that that kind of shorten up the work week. Uh, well, what are you guys thoughts on that? This is this is a very unique situation for the NFL, and it will determine web, how the season goes moving forward because you're now possibly offering a unique time slot to play a game because, let's be real, this may not be the last time we see any cases occur. You know? Right. And yeah, if true. that happens, are we going to constantly be like, hey, you know, Guys, we're gonna have to play this game on Tuesday. We're gonna have to play this game on Wednesday, and then you have to adjust people's schedules basically on the fly. And whether that will be manageable 
and logistically makes sense because again the travel <laughs> you you still have to travel and all that and you're dealing with a lot of of bodies and that's something that we talked about months ago before the NBA bubble started was that the NFL is in a unique and and tough situation because they have to deal with a more more people whereas basketball is like 15 guys per team baseball they're doing bubbles for the postseason and look every team in the MLB got hit with covid except the cubs which is <laughs> phenomenal that the Chicago Cubs managed to stay healthy throughout this whole thing. But when it comes to football and you have basically 50-plus guys on a roster, how do you deal with that? You know, So yeah. this is the first test to see that, and, and I'm curious to see how it works. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So that does it with the rumor mill. I'm going to go into my lines uh, for the week. Now let's start off. Uh, we're going to go to college football. Going to call. Let me start because the games are on Saturday. Uh, let's start off with that. There's going to be some games that I will avoid, you guys, <laughs> obviously. Um, Smart let's man. Start off, yeah, let's start off with Missouri uh, playing on the road against Tennessee. Tennessee is ranked 16th in the country. Uh, they, they're ranked 16th in the country. Uh, they're 11 and a half point favorite. Uh, will I avoid this game? Absolutely. I don't know why I'm really getting out of Tennessee, but. I guess they're making some strides, but if I had to pick, you give me Missouri plus 11 and a half, then I'm avoiding. <laughs> Money so on Missouri. Yeah, so don't, don't count me on this one. Next one, NC State at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been playing well. NC State is just garbage. I am taking Pittsburgh minus 14. Uh, I think they're going to win convincingly. Next one is TCU in Texas. I'm actually avoiding this, one, this game uh, as well. But the Texas 11.5-point favorite, if I had to choose, give me Texas. I'm buying the point-and-a-half hook, and I'm, buy, I'm getting that minus 10. That was the case. Next one, we have Baylor, a three-point road favorite against West Virginia. West Virginia just looked dreadful last week against Oklahoma State. Give me Baylor, minus three, one of my confident picks. Uh, next one, we have South Carolina playing on the road against Florida. Uh, I was upset because I did take Ole Miss. Uh, I think it was at plus 15, and Florida won by 16. So I was one point off, unfortunately. But I will take Florida. I'm buying a, a point hook at minus uh, minus 17. Uh, to me, give me Florida minus 17 against South Carolina. Next one, we have North Carolina. They're a 14-point road favorite against Boston College. Uh, hmm. Uh, North Carolina did have a bye last week, by the way, the over and unders at 54 uh, points. Uh, I'll probably go under in this game at under 54. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take Carolina minus 14. I think Sam Howell going to put – I think Sam Howell is going to have a good game. Uh, next one, Oklahoma State, their 22-point road favorite against Kansas, the over and unders at 54. Give me Oklahoma State minus 21. I'm buying the point hook on that one. The next one, we have South Florida against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, again, is a 22-point uh, favorite at home. South Florida is just garbage. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Give me Cincinnati, minus 21, buying that, that point hook. Uh, one of my confident picks for this next one is the uh, over-unders at 51.5. Give me the over. Bama wins big. They're an 18-point favorite. I'm buying a point hook at minus 17. Give me Bama, minus 17. At home against A and M, 
next next one, Texas Tech and Kansas State. Hmm, the over-unders at 64. This 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 is this game is interesting because you have two contrasting styles uh, with this team. One likes to play, you know, more slow, methodical, time of possession. Texas Tech likes to score, so uh, I'm gonna go with the under because I'm gonna go with the under at 64. Maybe if it was at 60, I might go. I might take the over. But I'm gonna take the score. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under, but I'm gonna take uh, K State minus minus. There are two and a half point favorites, so give me K State minus uh, two and a half. Next one we have Ole Miss at Kentucky. Kentucky's a six point favorite on the road. I don't know about Mississippi. They can score points, but that defense is horrible. I'm actually going to avoid this game. The over-unders at 61 and a half. Uh, I'm going under. Uh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going under. That's uh, under 61 and a half. I'll probably be my only confident play in this game. I'm going to avoid the spread on this one. Uh, next one, Virginia Tech versus Duke. Duke is a 10, 10 and a half point dog at home against Vatek. Look, Vatek, they did cover last week, which is great. But uh, Duke, they have a history of covering at home. But I'm going to avoid the spread. I need to see more from, from Virginia Tech, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to avoid it. The over-unders at 54. Give me the under on this game as well. Uh, next one, we have Georgia Southern versus Louisiana Monroe. Oh, hmm. Give me Georgia Southern minus 20. They're a 20-point uh, uh, road favorite against Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe. So I'll take that. They didn't look too bad against uh, them raging cases. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't look too bad. And so I'm going to take Southern. They're a road favorite. So I'll take a minus 20. I'll be confident with that one. The over under that game is 49. Uh, I'm going to avoid that one. Next one, we have LSU, your Tigers, <laughs> hey, against the Planet Commodores in Nashville. Uh, LSU. LS boo. <laughs> LSU is a 20 and a half point favorite on the road. This might sound crazy. Get I'm gonna buy the half point and give me Vanderbilt plus twenty one. I'm gonna go with that. I ain't mad at it because let's be real. Last year we allowed Vandy to put up points. I think they put up like thirty five. Right. This year we don't have Burrow or Brady, so I'm not even gonna predict that we blow them out. So I'm not even sure if we're gonna win. To be honest. I think y'all. I, I think you guys are gonna win, but Vandy covers. I say a ten point win. I say you guys cover at least half of it, but you, LSU will win though. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you guys that. Uh, Oklahoma, the shocking upset. They lost to K State. K State was a was a twenty eight point dog last week, you guys. And K State not only covered, they won outright last week. That was an upset of the week. And that I was, was crazy. I know I, I'm, I was torn, but if you look at the history between K State and Oklahoma, I mean uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, K State always plays Oklahoma tough. In years past, you go back to the early to mid '90s, like the, it's always been a close. They always they always had those Big Twelve, uh, you know, uh, conference championship games where they play close uh, and everything. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma's a seven point road favorite against Iowa State. Give me Oklahoma minus seven. They'll bounce back. I like Spencer Rattler. That was my Heisman Trophy. Uh, prediction, but it didn't look good last week. He made some bad throws down the stretch. Not he looked lie. rattled. He did. I'm not <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is an interesting game. Tulsa. 
They're playing at Central Florida. Central Florida's 13th in the country. They're a 21 and a half point favorite at home. The over-unders at 72. <sighs> mm, that's a little too high. I'm going under. I'm going under 72. Give me Central Florida. Minus 21. I'm buying a half point put. Give me Central Florida. Minus 20. 21. Excuse me. Uh, next one. Arkansas versus Mississippi State. This is one of my confident picks. I'm buying a buying half point. Give me Mississippi State. Minus 17. At home against Arkansas, Mike Leach is already making an impact in the SEC, folks. The over/unders at sixty-nine. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under on, on that one. But give me Mississippi State minus seventeen. They, they can score. They beat LSU all right last week too. Uh, next one. Uh, this is a pretty big game. Auburn. They're playing at Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, I believe JT Daniels will be the starting quarterback for Georgia. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's going to be interesting because he's coming off of, uh, injury. Uh, give me Auburn plus seven on the road against Georgia. Uh, the over-unders at 45. I actually, uh, like it under as well. Give me Auburn, my, uh, give me Auburn, Auburn plus, plus seven. Uh, next one, Virginia at Clemson. Uh, Clemson is a 28 point favorite against Virginia. I don't know about this one. Clemson has a tendency to not cover against lower competition. From time to time, remember, uh, Clemson was favored by what the last game at fifty or fifty-one, and they only won by forty-nine against Citadel. Citadel. So, if I had to choose, I'll take uh, Virginia plus twenty-eight, but I'm avoiding the game to be completely honest. Because Clemson has a tendency to not cover like they should, uh, so I'm avoid that game. Now, let's go into the NFL real quick, real quick. Now, uh, this this Thursday. Hold on, hey, yeah, hold on, a hot New York minute, real quick, yeah. We got to exit our special guest. Got to outro him real quick. Yes. Okay. Cedric, thank you for being on. Um, listeners, if you or if you guys Man, are watching the replay, do yourselves a favor. Like I said, share that. You definitely just got a free therapy session. All the gems, all the jewels in there. And take some of that advice. Remember, down. remember, it explains you. It doesn't define you. Come on now. Listen. Yes. Put that in the back. That's yes. that's that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my yeah, mantra for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's the bottle. I gotta get that frame quoted <laughs> something because I, that's I, a, I like that. Man. I like oh, that. Man. All of that. Cedric, um, yeah. real quick, where can uh, where can people check you out? Find you? All those things, social media handles, all of that. Absolutely, man. So I'm just on Facebook and Instagram. So it's my full name, Cedric Dale Horde, C-E-D-R-I-C, middle name D-A-L-E, last name H-O-A-R-D. It's all together. Um, yes, I do have a spoken word album entitled Free Therapy. So it is a lot of mental health based content on there, but it's in the form of bars and it's got music and everything. So um, I think y'all gonna enjoy that, and that's on all digital. Listen, y'all, check him out. Give him a follow. All the things. Um, you might even convince him to start a Twitter. Probably not because Cedric ain't got time for all the foolishness. Cedric, real quick though, I gotta ask you this because tomorrow is Nigerian Independence Day. Have you done an ancestry.com, and have you discovered if you are in fact Nigerian? My bad. My headphones went out. Uh, oh, no worries. So I did not hear that last part. Last part is this. Tomorrow is Nigerian Independence Day. And after you, you get off, we're going to have a brief moment to celebrate the heritage. 
have you done an Ancestry.com? And if you have, have you discovered whether or not you have the green, white, and green Nigerian blood coursing through your veins? Yo, that's actually that's actually confirmation. My wife has done one recently. She's waiting on her results, and she's been telling me that I need to. So, so that might be something I need to look into because I'm not fully sure, but she just started hers. I'm just going to throw it out there, and I'm just going to say that both you and your wife are that being said, turn up tomorrow, celebrate. Do yourself a favor. If you didn't purchase the Giannis Niger 2 Zoom Freaks, go ahead and purchase those just, just to celebrate. But know over here that green, white, and green is the thing. Oh, or them uh, oh, Nike oh. Air Force Ones that are dropping. Them Air Force One reaction. Air Force Ones. <laughs> I'm trying to oh, cop the air. Yeah. If I cop those, forget it. You're not hearing from me. Right. I'm not cutting up tomorrow. I'm looking like Dave Chappelle in that Rick James skit where he was on Charlie Murphy's couch. That's what I'm looking like. He's on my feet. See him on my feet. Yeah. So with that being said, though, Cedric, thank you again. Thank you. You are welcome back anytime. Friend of the show. We might have to bring you back on um, to talk to the Heat fans after they watch the Lakers oh, give man. them that right. devastating <laughs> L. Um, yeah. So with that being said, though, bro, thank you. Man. Catch you on the next one. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Peace out. Yes. yes, sir. sir. Okay, so yeah, with with NFL NFL okay. you uh, you've been making folks a lot of money with these NFL picks, so yeah, uh, for the yeah. record, for the record, everybody, right. Emmanuel Babafunke, when it comes to his NFL plays and the two weeks that he's done it, he's 22 11 and one. Look, that's that's a winning record by far, that's a winning record, you yeah, know. So yeah, I, hey, I try, man. I try. Now, this Broncos Jets game, I'm gonna avoid this Thursday night game for tomorrow. But if I had to choose, this might sound crazy. I'm actually taking the Jets. I think they're gonna play with the backs behind the wall. Uh, Gase need this win, and but if the Jets lose this game, Gase, I will, I personally believe Gase will be fired. The NFL doesn't like us. Put these Thursday night games that they've that we have seen. Since the season has started, they right. give us these bottom of the barrel games. I'm not yeah. a fan. Get it together. Yeah. No. Hold on, hold on. The Cincy Cleveland game wasn't bad. The it Miami game wasn't bad either because we none of these teams are contenders. None of these teams no, are contenders. It hasn't been like I haven't been entertained, you know. I've been this ain't gladiator. Come on, man. I, <laughs> the, tomorrow's game, this Thursday night game, is probably going to be the worst by far, of course. But right. the other two were coins in the paper airplanes. That's that's what they're giving us. I'm Jets are minus one, by the way. Uh, a one point favorite. <laughs> Imagine having that. <laughs> Imagine having that spread in a football game. That's I how know. much uh, nobody cares. I just. Yeah. Uh, me just don't take this. I'm, I've had to choose will be the Jets, but I'm not. I'm avoiding this game completely. <laughs> the Cardinals, they're a three and a half road favorite against the Carolina Panthers. Give me Arizona by and a half a point, minus three on the road against Carolina. Uh, hmm. 
excuse me, Baltimore. They're playing at the Washington football team. Uh, honestly, I have to let this rant go out right now. I'm, I've been dying to get this out with my team, Baltimore. Uh, by the way, they played Monday night, in particular with Lamar Jackson. And, uh, oh, I, and I, I don't know if you guys remember me saying this about Lamar Jackson. And I said, the one thing, if Lamar wants to take his game to another level, is he has to be consistently accurate. What I saw Monday, he was not. First half, garbage. He ran, he he had some good runs, but garbage. If Lamar wants to take that next step, you have to be consistently accurate. Mahomes was consistently accurate. Even he was blitzed 56% of the time. Ravens adjust their defense to a 3-3-5. And he, and he only missed four passes, three touchdowns, and no picks. Mahomes can't miss right now. He, he can't. I heard he can't. I heard that Lamar uh, Jackson, they call him Lamar Jackson, Chocolate Mitchell Trubisky. That's what they're calling him. Chocolate Trubisky. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know about, I don't know about all that. But the streets say that Josh Allen is better than Lamar right now. That's fair to say. The streets that's, say that Baker Mayfield is better than Lamar right now. The streets also say Joe Burrow would be preferred over Lamar right now. Now too. Listen, no, Emmanuel. Listen, no, come on, come on. We just had this free therapy session. I, we understand this trauma that you experienced on Monday night, but Look, we're here. It we're doesn't here define brotherhood. Is here. It for just you. explains your actions. That's all. Baba Funke, we are here you. for you. We're here for you. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Like CJ said on the on on the game thread, no sense of urgency. This team is not built to play from behind. Lamar Jackson's 0-10 when trailing at halftime. There was no Lamar's body language was off. Every time he's trailing, his body language is off. Mark 0-10 when trailing? Yes. And 0-3 versus the Chiefs. These facts. Bruh. Regular season God can't do nothing in the winter. Hey, tough love. This is tough love. Milwaukee Man, Bucks, kidding. anybody? It's like, it's like, let me not do that. Wow. <laughs> you after you left. Listen, Ray Lewis, you do yourself a favor. Ray Lewis. Opportunity. Ray Lewis need to go ahead and have a conversation with Lamar Jackson. I, somebody needs to have a conversation with him. Just, it can't I don't be know. Ray. Don't let it be Ray. He, 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 missed, the, he missed the pass on Marquise Brown, which should have been picked by KC. Yeah. That should have been a walk, a dang near walking uh, touchdown for Marquise Brown. Yo. It's yeah, those. Yeah, those are. Oh, uh, yeah, my dog. I needed that for my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> we needed. Yeah. I mean, it would have made us more yeah. comfortable. Oh, absolutely. For fantasy, if Holly would have caught Speaking that touchdown. Of, on, side note. Speaking of fantasy, let's get this out the way right now. Yes, do it. I was. I was going to okay. mention fantasy standings after week numero trace. All right, trace. look, look, guys. So, um, if I am correct in my philosophy and in my thinking, which you know normally I am, um. You're looking at the number one team in the league, undefeated, 3-0. and uh, Everybody else apparently knows what losing feels like. I don't know what losing feels like. Do you I know what losing relate. feels like? I, we I don't, can't I can't, relate can't, over can't here. Relate. We can't relate. That being said, Osa and Abe won a very tight game versus Diamond Talk. I'm not going to front. 
me and uh, Rob were on the PS4, and we was watching that game just low-key stressed because he had Tyreek, Andrews, and Ingram, and we had at Hollywood, and we had uh, who else? Oh, uh, Hilaire. And look, though, <laughs> any one of them gets a touchdown at this point in the fourth quarter, it's wraps. That will determine the winner. Um, so it was a close one. Then uh, Cover Zero has still not gotten their first W of the season. Uh, our producer, the Craft Factory, they got that dub uh, almost 40 points. They beat wow. Cover Zero by. So Cover Zero is 0-3 at the moment. Um, Craft Factory is on a two-game winning streak. Craft Factory is 2-1. Diamond Talk is 2-1. Osa and Abe is 3-0. Uh, Ringside Mayhem beat the uh, hottest team low-key in, in Rocco and Kobe, or Rock Kobe, Rocco and Obi. Uh, 156 to 129, you know. Rock Kobe had the lowest point total of the week. Uh, wow. Full Court Press is still winless. Um, rough one. They lost to the team with no owner. Um, Should have run his own. Should have run his own. And then, <laughs> and then, if if I'm correct, no, I think they have won a game. SSAWHQ, they they won a game this season, correct? Yeah, they did. Yes, no, I'm not sure. Regardless, they yeah. took an L. Okay, so they're they're one and two on the season. They took an L this week. To uh, shout out to James G and King of Fantasy. Uh, who was the only team to put up 200 plus points this week? Um, it was a it was a close one. Still, I think Mahomes was the deciding factor. And as Baba Funke already alluded, Mahomes had his way with Baltimore. Um, so again, you're looking at the number one team in the league. That's really all that matters. Um, we still got we're we're about to be a quarter of the way through the season. Still got some time to go, but. We're looking great. We're looking fire. So shout out to all those supporting Osa and Abe. Uh, we appreciate you. We feel your love. We feel your support. We're going to win this league for y'all, okay? We do it for the people. Okay, you guys, I'm going to do a quick rundown. Uh, I'm avoiding the spray with Baltimore and Washington. Give me the Ravens money line. Uh, that's all I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, Cleveland, four and a half point dogs on the road against Dallas. Give me Cleveland plus five. Next, we have the Bears against the Colts. Bears is a three-point dog at home against the Colts. Give me the Bears plus three. Uh, next, we have Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Um, I'm personally avoiding this game, but if I had to choose, give me Cincinnati minus three at home. Chargers are a seven-point dog on the road against Tampa. Give me Tampa minus seven. Next, we have the Saints versus Detroit. Uh, New Orleans is a four-point uh, favorite at, uh, on the road against Detroit. Give me the Saints minus three behind the point hook. Next, we have Seattle, minus seven on the road against Miami. Give me Seattle, minus seven. Uh, next, we have the Giants on the road against the Rams. Rams are a 13-point favorite. Uh, it's too high of a spread for me, but give me the Rams on the money line at 750. Next one, we have the Bills at the Raiders. Well, Bills is a three-point favorite on the road. Give me the Bills, minus three on the road against the Raiders. Next, we have the Patriots. Playing at Kansas City, Kansas City is Kansas City's a seven-point favorite. Give me Kansas City minus seven. Next, we have the Eagles um, against the Niners. I'm avoiding this game, but give me the Niners on the money line at 310. The uh, Niners is a seven-point favorite. Uh, and for, uh, I think for Monday Night Football, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, Falcons 
They're playing on the road against Green Bay. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite at home. I'm buying the I'm buying the hook at uh, minus at uh at uh, point five. Giving Green Bay minus seven at home. Monday Night Football, and they're gonna ball. And the over under is at fifty seven. I'm, I'm gonna say it's gonna go higher. I'm going with the over at fifty seven. And those are my uh, picks. Will Dan Quinn be fired after this loss? Possibility. <laughs> Should have been fired, man. Hey, I, I but, didn't do the um, rapid fire. I, I, I didn't do the rapid fire. So. <laughs> oh no, we feel it. We feel. It. I mean, this was just a fun episode. I mean, a lot, lot of gems. So that's why it went on long. We couldn't help it. Um, but for all our fans, the audience, last last week, last week had um my cousin. And, uh, and, and a friend of the show, the Lapa Balogun on the show, um, and she revealed to us, um, well, she shared with us her Shop Dilly's uh, brand. Well, tomorrow, or Thursday, October 1st, is the day that her uh, Sunday morning collection drops, and it drops at 8 p.m. EST, 5 p.m. Pacific. You want to go get you a, a t-shirt, crew neck, a long sleeve t-shirt, or hoodie, go to IG at S-H-O-P-D-I-L-L-Y-S. Put your notifications on. Sunday morning collection drops tomorrow. October 1st is a great day for us. Bet October first, trying to take all my money. We got that that shop Dilly's drop Sunday morning collection. I'm listen. I'm copping some at that Nikki Air Force One React IJ drop. Listen, it's gonna take all my. And I don't know if you if, if, Yo, if you if you, you give me the sneakers. I'm getting me. the get cozy so, uh, crew neck. I, I'm getting that get cozy uh, crew neck. Uh, and yes, I need I need to get the the, the Air Force ones. I'm getting that easy like Sunday morning joint. That's 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 me. So, folks, another great episode like Abe alluded to. Lots of gems. Might want to give this a re-listen. This episode is brought to you by Minute Maid Berry Punch. Um, and it is also brought to you by Target Strawberry Kiwi Sparkling Water Beverage. Okay. And most importantly, it's brought to you by that green, white, green Nigerian Independence Day, October 1st. Okay, listen. What a day we shall celebrate. Independence from whom you may say? The British. Okay. It has been. Them colonizers. Listen. Let us never forget. With that being said, conclusion of the episode of the OSNA podcast show situation. Presented to you by SAW in conjunction with the Craft Factory. I'm your host. Your boy, the Osa in Osa and Abe. Of course, my co-host, the Abe in Osa and Abe. And of course, our man, Baba Fuke. Appreciate y'all if you're listening on Spotify. Love y'all. Apple Podcasts. We love y'all. Leave a review, a rating, all the things. Share it with your friends. Share it with your mama, your granny, your auntie, uncle, them. Share it with everybody, okay? And as is our custom, y'all already know what it is. One thing, two words, get it in your brain. Oh, oh, oh night. night, yeah. Night. <laughs>